This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, we're going to go to Ephesians, the second chapter. Uh, we've ended up in an uh, unintentional series. And in Ephesians, the second chapter, we started there uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and, and we studied Psalms 91 with glimpses of glory. And then uh, Wednesday evening, I actually picked it up and ministered on that subject on Wednesday night. And we talked about the beginnings of this chapter. Now watch this very carefully. When the difference that is mentioned between sin that you fall into and sin that you buy into. Somebody said, I can't, I can't help but fall into that. Well, I said, if you'd cancel your subscription, then maybe you wouldn't. See the difference? Some things find you. Some things you buy. And so it's that kind of difference in sin. That there's some things that God's wanting to deliver you from in your life and you're going to have to make a decision. Okay? So we're going to pick up with that kind of thought in Ephesians chapter 2 when there's people dealing with how they've struggled with sin from two unique different perspectives. Now I don't know if you've ever had to live with someone that you have a uniquely different perspective from. But uh, I grew up having to share in the early stages of my life a, a bedroom with my older brother who is a God-sent man to, uh, uh, to my life. But as a boy, he was sent to teach me prayer. <laughs> like, oh God, don't let him kill me. You know what I'm saying? And I'll never forget one day my older brother and I had been fighting and my mom was like, I'm going to have to do something. And my older brother said, don't worry about it. I've got it. He went and got himself a roll of tape. He came down, made sure all the toys were on his side of the room. All the bed was on his side of the room. Everything needed was on his side of the room. And he comes down the wall and across the floor and up the other side of the wall. And he says, now that's your side of the room and this is my side of the room. And then he made little kid no trespassing signs. I was devastated. I mean, I'm a grandpa now and I still remember how I felt that day because I couldn't figure out how I was going to survive not being able to go to the other side of the room. My toys were on the other side of the room. The bed was on the other side. And I'm sitting over here in the corner of the room with nothing to do. But I will never forget what I felt that day. I wanted that injustice to stop. But he had his no trespassing signs up. And I knew that if I set one foot over that line, that my older brother would teach me the meaning of older brother. And some of you didn't have an older brother. Let me just say, when I got up off the floor later, okay... But so I knew I couldn't step across the no trespassing line. And I remember being so frustrated. I'm squalling. I'm crying. I mean, I'm probably like four or five and I'm squalling and crying. And mom's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you making this racket? And I'm like, I can't trespass over there. And she said, what are you talking? He said, I can't come across the line. And she said, well, you come on out. And I said, I can't because I won't be able to get back over here. And you see, I remember distinctly, he had all the good stuff on his side of the room, 
But I was afraid to leave my side of the room because it was mine. Dare I tell you that some of you have been living in places that you know you're not happy with, but at least it's yours. And you've put up with things that you have no business putting up with because it's yours. Now let's imagine that in Ephesians chapter 2 as we begin reading today. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 11 says like this, don't forget, look at your neighbor and say don't forget. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. He says, hey, I want you to remember something, that you used to not have a part in this. Let me, let me restate that. I want you to remember something. You once were lost, but now you're found. I want you to remember what I've come to tell you, he says. And then he says, watch this. He says, you were called uncircumcised heathens. Well, how nice is that? He said, I want you to remember that you used to be a heathen. Reminds me, I was traveling, preaching one time, and this pastor was so excited that, uh, that we were there, and he was trying to tell us what God had done in his church, and he, he started pointing around to the people in the room, and he said, let me tell you about this brother, and he, and he, he started telling me his testimony, and, and the guy's like, hey man, that's true pastor, and, and then he comes along and says, let me tell you about this brother, and he, and he tells the testimony, he's like, hey man, that's true pastor, and then he says, let me tell you about this woman right here. And he starts talking about this woman, and she kind of gets this look on her face. And he said, he said, she was so evil. And so corrupt. He was just building the moment up. And he finally he said, stop right there, Pastor. Or she said, stop right there, Pastor. And he said, yeah. She said, you always tell me I'm a new creation in Christ. What are you bringing up my past for? He said, I'm trying to sell it. Testify about it. Tell people that other people can have it too. She said, yeah, but you don't have to bring up who I used to be. I may have been a heathen, but now I'm a blood-bought child of the living king. Amen. Now, some of you are going, what kind of church are we in here? Well, you're in a church full of former heathens. Somebody said, oh, don't come back here. No, former heathens. Some of you go, well, maybe what if I still am one? We're going to change that before you leave today, all right? But former heathens, okay? And he said, that they even called you the uncircumcised heathens. The Jewish people called you this, who were proud of their circumcision, and even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. We'll come back to that. That's good. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without hope and without God, or without God and without hope. Why well, that brings a preacher out in me there. You ever lived without God and without hope? He says, I want you to remember something. Remember the times that you were without God and without hope. Can I tell you? That if we'd start living with that in our minds, we'd start living different. There was a time that I was lost. And I never want to go back there. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. Let's talk about your Bibles for just a minute. Your Bibles probably say it like this, remember or don't forget. And what's happening there when you see the word remember and don't forget, there's a Greek word that comes into play. 
And that word uh, is uh, uh, nemano. And nemano uh, is a Greek word here that what it's saying to you is I want you to remember a very specific way. Now, how many of you remember back when you were in maybe middle school or high school and you're standing outside in the hallway and you know that you got a quiz that maybe you forgot about and you're flipping through your notebook and you're quizzing yourself as fast as you can and you're trying to get that information right here so you can put it in, put your notebook back in your uh, locker, slam the locker, run into class. You're like, don't lecture about anything. Just give me the quiz right now because I've got the, the memory recall right here, right now. And then as soon as that quiz was, up, was over, you forgot it all. I mean, and anybody would be honest with me that you, you know that experience? All right, thank you. Makes me feel better about myself. Well, that is not Nemeo or Nemanio. Nemanio is not a factual Jeopardy style memory. It's wanting you to put yourself into a place like, I mean, I'm a grandpa and I still remember how I felt on the day that I was told not to trespass in my own room. It's a memory that's associated with a feeling that determines your actions. It's a memory that causes you to change course if necessary so that you can always, always be guided by that memory. This is so, so important, okay? It's accessing the memory, the feeling. It's accessing the learning that came along with that moment. It's what happened in that moment that caused you to learn something that causes you never to do that again. Anybody ever been there? There are moments in your life that have stood out. There are moments in your life that have been the mono moments. Uh, when, when Jesus was preaching, he spoke of the mono moments when he said this. He said, remember, the mono Lot's wife. So in other words, he says, I don't want you to just let it be a story that you've heard and just be a random fact. But he said, I want you to remember that you once were lost. I want you to remember that you were, were once not perfect. You were once not where you're supposed to be. You were once in, in, a, in a fallen state without God and without hope. And he said, hey, I want you to remember Lot's wife. And what he's saying to you is let the, that story impact you in such a way that you always remember there's no reason I should look back. Let, let me stop there for just a moment. Because what I just did was I, I, I just shot and hit a three in the, in the last 10 seconds of a game, and we're now ahead by two, and you're like, mm-hmm. Let me say that again. He said, I want you to live in such a way that a memory gets inside of you, that you don't forget what I've done for you, that you namano what I've done for you, and you'll never forget what it felt like to find God and to find hope. And because you found God and you found hope, you're no longer looking back going, I could go back to yesterday, but now you keep your face forward because there's always something ahead of you in Christ. And what Paul is saying here is this. He's saying, Nemanio, Nemanio, remember how you felt when you found Jesus. Because if you remember what you found Jesus and how you felt and the load that lifted off of you, you'll never want to pick up that load again. I'll never forget. There was a man in this community that I was extremely bitter against, upset with for 17 years. He said in my office, and these were his own words, he said, for 17 years I tried to do everything I could to destroy you. He said, but you and this church are the only church that showed me love. And when he shared that with me, I realized something. 
He thought this was about him. But the pneumonia of my heart was kicking in because I realized that I never wanted to feel the bitterness and the, the weeds of, of bitterness and the weeds of hate clutching onto my heart the way that I had for him. I never wanted to feel that ever, ever again. So I was pneumonia and in the moment, I was remembering in the moment, brother, it's not all for you. It was also for me because I'm determined never to hate anybody like that again. I'm determined never to go there again. I want to walk in victory. I want to walk in power. I want to walk in deliverance. Why? Because I remember I once was bound with something I couldn't get rid of no matter how hard I tried. It kept getting uh, growing and growing and growing. But because cause of Jesus. He set you free. He set me free. And now we walk in freedom's power together. Amen. How many of you know we serve a good God? But if you'd remember, it'd change your actions. Now look, I love this little lady right here on this front row. I'm thankful for her. She looked at me like, you need to keep preaching. <laughs> but I'll never forget I pneumonia the moment, the moment that the door opened at the back of a little church, just up 53 here, and there she stood all in white coming down the aisle. Oh, God is good. My first thought was, oh, she's so beautiful. Do you know what my second thought was? It's the craziest random jumping thought. God, she's so beautiful. Don't let me ruin her life. And I was like, where did that even come from? What I was thinking was, God, you're going to do something so amazing right here. The wife you're giving me, I want to, I want to treat her in such a way that, that, that we, we stay together. And you know what? There's been some times that even though when the door opens, I still, Navanio, remember that beauty coming through the door. She's only gotten better as she's grown older. Come on now. Oh, God is good. But there's been some times where she's been messing up my life. I really want to mess up her life for a moment. And I pneumonia that moment. And I say, God, don't let me mess up her life. Now, you've got to get that in your understanding. If you would serve Jesus in such a way to where you remember what He's done for you. And you don't want to mess up the moment. Now let's go forward. Ephesians 2.11 says this. It says, Therefore remember that formerly you were all who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision. Notice this, he throws a little spear at the Jewish people here. He says, which is done in the body by human hands. And what I mean by spear at them, he's been pummeling the Gentiles going, how dare you for being so arrogant, thinking you can treat the Jewish people bad because you didn't even have a part in this. And then the Jewish people are there going, that's right, preach it, brother, preach it, preach it. And he says, and you, you who are circumcised, by man's hands, you need to remember something. These guys used to not have a part, and God gave them grace, and you need grace because, watch this, he says, which is done by human hands. What he's telling them is this. He says, he says, that phrase, which is done by human hands, which is the exact same phrase that's used to describe the building of an idol. 
He said, you're worshiping your ancestry and you're worshiping how holy you can make yourself look and how holy you can make yourself feel. But if your heart doesn't match up with what you're doing on the outside. He said, so you're judging them and they're judging you. And there's two sides of this problem because they had no part in this, but God gave them a part of this because of Jesus. And you might have had been a, a chosen one, a seed of the promise, but because your heart was more uh, about the things of this world than the things of the promise, then you have no part in this. And he says, all of you are here because of your pneumonia, how you both felt when you found Jesus. You were lifted off of a load of sin and you were lifted out of a weight of bondage of religion. And because both of you found Jesus, something things made that's better now it's called the family of God now watch this here's what he's saying don't make your religious activity an idol that keeps others at arm's length I mean that's good yeah thank you let me just let me just I'm, I'm, don't make me come to that side of the room and say this is good because y'all were quiet that that's good come on now so what he's saying is don't judge this side of the room and this side of the room. Because, I mean, this side of the room, i got to decide which one side of y'all is going to be holy and which one is going to be unholy. Those who abide under the, the, the wings. Come on now. So edges of the room, don't judge the center of the room. And say, well... The most holy sit here, or the most holy sit high and lifted up. <laughs> Come on, some of you are like, Gary's like, mm-hmm. Come on now. No. Stop judging yourself by whether or not you know the songs and whether or not you've got the right shirt on. Stop judging yourself by whether or not you can quote the verses and how big your Bible is that you carry and whether or not you've got it marked and you know how to say amen when you're supposed to say amen and some of you don't even know what amen means and you're going, look, I don't know if I even fit in here because you're judging yourself against each other and that's not the way that God wants you to work. He says, Namanio, how you felt when you found Jesus. Nobody had a clue. Nobody deserved it. Nobody, no one, there is none that deserved the grace of God but because the grace of God found you, what was dead in inside of you sprung to life and now when you cry out you cry out Abba Father why because of what Jesus has done not because of how you walk how you talk your past or your present but because of Jesus I'm preaching truth good because I'm just walking you through Ephesians but now verse 13 in Christ you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You were without God and without hope, but now, but now you've found Jesus. Ephesians 2, 14, reads like this. For Christ himself has brought, has brought peace to us. Notice this. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body and on the cross, notice this, you should underline the next statement. In your Bible. Somebody said, he just tell me to write in my Bible? Well, I mean, don't write on your phone. But if you've got an actual Bible or you can highlight on your phone, do it. Notice this. In his own body and on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated. That did what? Separated us. 
Now, I'm trying to preach a sermon that's preached really good twice already this morning, but the Holy Spirit just will not leave me alone to tell you something. Now, listen to what I'm about to tell you. You see, some of you came in here this morning and you thought, well, I never seen anybody worship like this. Okay. So you've never seen anybody worship the way we worship. Can I tell you this? Maybe you never saw anybody live the way we used to live. But because of what he did in us, we remember what he did and we can't help but worship him. Okay. But, but Pastor Don, I worship quietly. Am I going to hell? No. Then worship quietly. We can't all get loud. It would, it would destroy our hearing. Trust me. You do not want to see me worship the way that Mike does in the middle. It will not be worship at that moment. It will be more comedy. Come on now. I will tell you what I actually thought today while Mike was worshiping behind me. I, I did a little two-step thing right here all of a sudden, and I said, Don, stop and let Mike be your spirit animal. Come on now. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Don't. Try to do what he does. Be who you are. See, some of you thought maybe you couldn't worship because maybe you sinned too much yesterday. Well, there are people that you thought were judging you who actually sinned more today than you did yesterday. See, here's the thing. There's this wall that gets put up to where we judge each other from. And what he's actually, Paul's referring to is he's writing to these believers. He's teaching them, and the Jewish people understand what he's writing about. He's writing about a, a, an actual division in the temple. And in the temple, he says, watch this now. In the temple, there's actually a court of the Gentiles, those who are not circumcised, not Jewish, and there's the places the Jewish people can go. And there's a dividing line right through them, okay? So, what's the Bible say? It says that because of the wall that was there, he did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between, he removed the barrier between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other. Stop judging yourself against somebody else. Because you might not be as good as you think you are. Each other was put to death. And it's an actual sign that sat in the, te in the temple and they have found. This is actually a no trespassing sign from the second temple. This no trespassing sign says this, unless you are a Jew, this is the limit that you may proceed. No trespassing. If you proceed beyond this point, and you are non-Jewish, said if you proceed beyond this point, you, your ensuing death will be upon you alone. How many of you ever had to deal with a neighbor and wish you could put up a, a no trespassing sign like that? <laughs> I think we call it proceed at your own risk. They said, you will die if you cross this line. And that's how radically separated the, the people were. You couldn't go any further than this marker. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I just said to you. You couldn't go any further 
than this marker because maybe you didn't have all the right regulations and maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't of the right ancestry and you didn't, even there were some like, 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 like uh, Timothy who was of the right ancestry, but, but he didn't have everything that, that was uh, the same culturally as those who were on that, this other side of the demarcation line there. And so he crosses over and they end up throwing him in jail for it. Says because he crossed the line and he went beyond where he was supposed to be able to go. Can I tell you something today? That is the the tool that the enemy has tried to use to keep people away from Jesus Christ. He's tried to establish some kind of a line that says, unless I'm holy enough, I have no business being over here. He's tried to create, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm trying to say to you. Listen to me. He says, he says, there's a line here that if you've messed up and you've got a broken life and you're struggling in your life and you're scarred in your life, then you stay over here and you stay away from, from over there because you're never going to measure up. But Paul says, listen, I don't care if you're Jew or Gentile. I don't care if you're broken or if you're whole. I don't care if you've won or you've lost. I don't care if you're rich or you're poor. I don't care where you're from, from the right side or the wrong side of the tracks. Because of Jesus Christ, the no trespassing sign has been removed from your life. You may boldly come over to grace and you can know what it feels like to find Jesus. Can somebody give that kind of God a prayer? today, man. Now I want to hurry and close with this so quickly. You see, but the problem is this. Jesus has spent all this time removing the trespassing sign because everyone is welcome at Calvary. But then, you listen to me carefully, he handed you the trespassing sign he took down between you and Grace and said, now where do you need to place this? You know where you need to place the trespassing sign? On the way you used to live. When you try to go back to the way you used to live, you need to place the trespassing sign there. Why? Because no trespassing, because you don't live here anymore. Now listen to me. When I told you that little funny story in the beginning about my brother being mean to me like that, next time you see him, just remind him how mean he is to me. But listen, what reminds me, or what stirs my mind now was when mom said, come on over, son, you can leave the room. I mean, he's not going to hurt you. I'm right here with you. I didn't want to go because I was afraid I couldn't get back to what was mine. Can I tell you that the rags you've holded on to or you've held on to in your whole life, that's no longer yours. He takes the rags of sin and shame and he exchanges them for robes of righteousness in Christ. And we're so busy trying to get back. You see. We're trying to get back to where we live without God and we live with no hope. But if we never want to go back, every decision, I'll give this to you real fast, every decision should be made with God in mind and one eye on the hope of heaven. Let me take you with me on a journey for just a moment. Let's say you go with me to Israel. Now I will go ahead and tell you my least favorite place in Israel as a town 
is the city of Bethlehem. I, I don't like to go to Bethlehem at all. At all. And when I have been there, you go into a very hot building and, and, and then you wait in a very long line and, and then they take you down these very small steps not made for someone my size. You hit your head along the way. And you get down there and these people, there's all this wax everywhere because people have been burning these candles and making these chants. And there's this star on the floor and there's a hole in, in, the, in depth of the rock right there. And they, they really believe that when Jesus came to earth, he hit the rock so hard that, that it, it just dipped it out. Craziness. God, I want to scream Ichabod and run from the building. Just craziness. So I tell the guide with us, I said, man, I just, I don't want to go to Bethlehem. He said, well, would you rather see the, the tourist site or the authentic place they believe that Jesus was actually born? I said, well, I want to see the authentic place. What are you taking me over there to spend money at the tourist site for? He said, you want to go to the authentic place? I said, yeah. So we drive out in the middle of this field, and, and, and there's a construction site to our left, and they're building this, this block wall, and, 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 and as they're building this block wall, I, I noticed out in the field, he's like, he says, go this way. And so we start walking. There's this wall out in the field, and, and as we're walking across, we're stepping across the stuff that's in fields. And we get there, and this wall has been closed, gated, locked, and inside, after a documentary, they have now locked off where they believe Jesus was actually born. There's a cave outside where the, where the shepherd so would have been near the tower that's there. And so as we're standing outside, I'm standing there, and, and I'm like, he's like, I'm so sorry I brought you guys all the way out here, and, and it's locked. It's normally not locked, and I don't know why they've locked it. Maybe because of the popularity since the documentary. And he said, I don't know. And, and, and I'm just sitting there, and he's like, try to look over. And so we're trying our best to get up on a little hill and look in and, and see it. And I just said to one of the guys, I said, they don't know us North Georgia boys. I said, I, I think we'll just break in. Can I be honest? I'm more talk than I am bite. But never say we'll just break into my nephew Christian. And he and about two other guys with us, that's a good idea, Pastor. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We didn't come this all the way not to see it. I was like, well, I guess we can steal that ladder over there. Joking. They steal a guy's ladder. Bring the ladder. Don't mess with North Georgia boys. Come on now. They bring the ladder, lean it up against the fence, and their plan is we're going to get everybody on top of the fence, flip the ladder over, climb down, look at it, do the same thing to come back out. And I'm like, I'm waiting for y'all here because I'm bailing y'all out. And they all start going up the wall. And then Pastor Quinn goes up the wall. And then my mom goes up the ladder on the wall. Now when your mom's the one standing on top of the wall going, don't be a chicken, baby, come on up here. You climb on up there. We climb in. We see the side truly where I believe Jesus was born. It's an amazing moment. I preached about it. I showed you pictures of it in the Christmas season. Then we climb back out the same way. 
Nobody bothers us. Nobody knows. We're almost back to the van, and I'm like, Christian, did you put the ladder back? He's like, oh, and takes off and runs. It's like we can't steal somebody's ladder. And I know as silly as that may sound, I felt that was the story to share with you in closing today. Because some of you have been so determined to get back to your past sin and the things that once bound you and then divide you from each other that you'll steal a ladder just to get back inside for a visit. God sent this powerful message from Ephesians 2. We're going to conclude with verse number 17 and 18 here. It says, Because he brought the good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near to him. Now all of us can come to the Father. Now who? Who? All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. You listen to the words of this pastor this morning. If you forget what Jesus has done for you, you'll be looking for ways to get back into places that have been sealed by grace. You'll be trying to go back to things God delivered you from yesterday. But if you'll never forget the joy of knowing Jesus. And this weekend, when the enemy was attacking me and my emotions, you know what I actually did? I put up a no trespassing sign in my mind. And every time my mind turned toward that, I saw that no trespassing. And I said, I have no business going there because I put that under the blood of Jesus Christ. You should bow your heads right where you are. I believe there are many here with me today and there are many that are watching today that would say with me, Pastor, I forget too often what he's done for me. And then I try to visit places that grace says I should not trespass upon. Say that again. You've forgotten what he's done for you and you've been going to places that grace says you shouldn't go. And you want to repent today. If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are. Just hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Put those down. Put them down. Thank you. Maybe you're watching. God's speaking to you. God's about to deliver you right where you are. I want to ask you one question I haven't asked any of the other services today. But if you're here, you need to say, Pastor Don, I don't yet know what it felt like for him to change my life. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. There's been dozens and dozens of people who just raised their hand on that last part. Maybe you need to raise your hand on this part. I'm not going to embarrass you any more than I embarrass them. You would say, I want to know what freedom feels like. I want to surrender my heart and soul to Jesus Christ today as my Savior. Maybe you're watching. Now would be the time to say, that's me he's talking about. But if that's you, right where you are, to see your hand. If today's the day you want to surrender your life completely and wholly to Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who will join with these four? Are there others? Are there others? Today's the day. Five. Thank you. Are there others? Five. Put your hands down. 
Are there others who will join with these five? Maybe you're online, you're marking that. You're saying, that's me. I will. I will join with them. All right, I want you all to stand with me in this place. Let's keep this atmosphere of reverence because we're about to invade a no trespassing zone with grace. One of my favorite passages of scripture, Lewis Habakkuk says, you literally steal firewood from the pits of hell. When people confess that they want to know Jesus, we are robbing the fires of hell. I want you to pray with me today. Pray with these five that have raised their hand today as they can commit their lives wholly to Jesus. Those watching, pray with me right where you are. Those listening, pray with me right where you are. Right now, let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, I receive your grace. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus came for me. He died for me. He lives forevermore. And now I offer all of myself, my past, my present, and my future to you. And now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those who've made this decision today. And Lord, those of rededication and those of the point of salvation, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for those that are listening that are being ministered to. Those that maybe we're on their television, in their homes right now. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And Lord, we won't go back because we remember what Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, help us to remember that your grace is is connected to our remembering who we are because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God a praise like he deserves. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.